In Discussion with David Gibbons is sponsored in part by Bowman Global Change. Specializing in helping companies reduce their carbon emissions, Bowman Global Change applies real science to real business practices to produce results. From designing green programs to one-on-one training to helping set up green action teams in your business, Bowman Global Change translates complex science in practical ways that everyone can understand and use. For more information or to discover how Bowman Global Change can help your organization, visit bowmanglobalchange.com. guest today on In Discussion, Billy Nungesser, President of Plaquemines Parish, Louisiana, and scientist Brian O'Leary. Billy Nungesser is Parish President in Plaquemines Parish, Louisiana, and serves with a passion for helping people and achieving results in the aftermath of the Deepwater Horizon disaster. He's not shy about moving into action, and is not afraid to roll up his sleeves and pitch in, whether it's going to bat in Washington and Baton Rouge for the people of Plaquemines Parish, or throwing sandbags to keep a neighborhood from flooding. Billy Nungesser has been a man of ideas and action long before being elected parish president. Sixteen months after Hurricanes Katrina and Rita devastated Plaquemines Parish, President Nungesser took up office following a successful election bid. As parish president, He's worked closely with local, state and federal officials, receiving record amounts of capital outlay money as well as record amounts of state and federal grant monies for much-needed infrastructure projects within the parish. He's determined to rebuild and restore Plaquemines Parish not only to where she once was, but better than ever before. He believes it is only fitting that the gateway to the nation should be an economic and residential hub of the state, and that the sportsman's paradise state, as it is known, is more than adequately represented by the parish known as the fishing capital of the world. With the help of the people of Plaquemines Parish, he intends to complete that goal and accomplish the task in the wake of the Deepwater Horizon disaster in 2010. Dr. Brian O'Leary, is a scientist philosopher with 50 years of experience in academic research, teaching and government service in frontier science and energy policy. He was a NASA scientist astronaut during the Apollo program, the first to be selected for a planned Mars mission and participated in unmanned planetary missions as an Ivy League professor. Over the past four decades, He's been an international author, speaker, peace activist, founder of nonprofits, an advisor to progressive U.S. Congress members and presidential candidates. In his latest book, The Energy Solution Revolution, he describes the enormous potential of breakthrough clean energy technologies, their suppression and logical necessity for our survival. Zero-point vacuum energy, cold fusion and advanced hydrogen and water chemistry could indeed provide us all an abundant future for all of humanity. In 2004, he and his wife, the artist Meredith Miller, moved to the Andes in Ecuador, where they co-created Montesuenas, an eco-retreat and educational center dedicated to creativity and the rights of nature. President Billy Nungesser 
and scientist Dr. Brian O'Leary join me today on In Discussion. Welcome to In Discussion today and my guests, President Billy Nungesser of the Plaquemines Parish in Louisiana and scientist astronaut Dr. Brian O'Leary from the Andes in Ecuador. Gentlemen, welcome to you. Thank you. Good afternoon, David. Mr. Nungesser, welcome to you. We have had the pleasure of your company before on In Discussion, shortly following the Deepwater Horizon disaster in 2010. Can you begin by describing, sir, the current status in your parish along the coastal region? Well, we're still getting oil that is being brought up from beneath the surface, mainly heavy coats of oil that's on the bottom, and uh, with thunderstorms slamming it into the marsh and seeing a large amount of land uh, disappear into the water because the vegetation is killed. And um, as we said from day one, the sense of urgency is not there uh, to continue to clean it up and or to stabilize the bank so we don't lose the accelerated amount of land that we continue to lose. Is there still great evidence of oil washing up on the beaches? Yes, most of it seems to be coming from the bottom of the bays and shoreline, and depending on the tide, the amount of wind and, and surf, uh, it seems to appear on the beaches and in the marsh after these thunderstorms uh, shifting below the surface of the water. So uh, it continues to wash up. It continues to be a problem. And um, although you don't see the heavy-coated uh, birds like you did before, they, we still are losing large amounts of wildlife because any oil that gets on the, on the breast of a bird is like you punching a hole in a rubber boot. You're still going to get cold. You're still going to get wet. And they end up getting pneumonia and dying off. Uh, but it's not the heavy-coated birds like we saw in the beginning. But uh, So it doesn't make for uh, front headline pictures. But uh, it's still a problem. And uh, we're juggling that with uh, trying to tell people it's, you know, the seafood's good. We are catching good, clean seafood. Fish is great. But uh, but we're juggling that with still trying to hold BP's feet to the fire. Is that a sensible position, though? Do you truly believe that the fish is, in fact, healthy to eat, or is that still a concern? Yeah. Well, I, you know, they are testing the state wildlife and fishery. Uh, that's one thing we are doing is monitoring the, the fish and the seafood that's being caught. So it's actually being monitored better than ever. So the fish and the seafood that, that does go to market uh, is safe. Uh, I eat it on a daily basis. And, um, you know, we, uh, we continue to monitor. And in those areas that, uh, that this oil continues to be, uh, there is no fish uh, being harvested or seafood being harvested from those areas along the shoreline. So um, uh, in most of the open water, and areas uh, where the water is clear, uh, we, we have seen no impact uh, to the seafood and continue to monitor and test it. Plaquemines Parish is very much based on tourism and the fishing industry. How have both of them been impacted since the Deepwater Horizon disaster? 
Well, it was great when the when the crews cleaning up the oil filled the hotels and the restaurants. But here in the last 30 to 45 days, it has taken a complete nosedive. Most of the hotels are empty. Uh, most of the crews are gone. And uh, we're really starting to feel the brunt of the uh, slowdown uh, because as most people still hear us complaining about BP's response to this disaster, uh, the consensus is that uh, it's not back to normal, and therefore the, the tourism is greatly affected and is shown across the, the, the marinas in the parish and elsewhere across coastal Louisiana. Is there a feeling of abandonment by the people in that area, in fact the whole geographical area, that whole quadrant of the U.S., by BP and the government? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the, the thing that troubles me is we've had thousands of workers that BP put to work, yet we've had no ability to get them health care or physicals to see if the disbursements, if the oil has any long-term effect on their health. You would think the federal government would send uh, some type of health van or set up some kind of clinic and say, okay, let's give all these people physicals. Do they have enzymes? Is, is their liver, kidney, has their respiratory been affected? And by documenting the amount of days they've worked out there, and we may see a trend in health issues that we could identify. Um, it seems like nobody wants to know. Nobody cares. And uh, if BP's not going to do it, you know, we've asked. I've sent letters off to the federal uh, to, 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 to do this, and I think it needs to be done uh, so we can monitor. The federal government approved the spraying of the disbursements. They have an obligation to the people of this country and this state to make sure those disbursements had no long-term effect on the health. And right now we're just guessing and hoping and relying on the people that go to the doctor, whether it's respiratory, whether it's headaches, whatever it is, uh, we don't know. We don't have any kind of uh, program in place that we can put our hands around to say, hey, BP's doing the right thing, or uh, the federal government is, and when you've got the Coast Guard standing in the way of the cleanup, and on every chance they've got, they have defended BP, stood in the way, instead of helping with the cleanup, uh, hindered us by shutting down people out there vacuuming up the oil because they didn't have enough life jackets, uh, continually uh, uh, standing in the way and defending BP, it only makes you think the federal government wants this to go away. They don't want to know the true effects of the health, and they don't want us to see uh, the areas that are still being impacted. We have recently had several programs, very emotive programs with people in your area, including scientists who are extremely ill. And it's evident now with many individuals that we've talked about, including Mary Lee Orr, that there are possibly thousands of people who are stricken with this outcome of the chemical mix. And it doesn't seem as if Western medicine is capable of finding the solutions. Is this something that you and people in the area are aware of? Well, I, you know, we, we know there's a lot of people that, that feel that they are having health issues because of the oil and disbursements. Um, 
you know, you know, I'm not a, a doctor, and I haven't, don't have firsthand knowledge. But it does, you know, we are talking about the largest disaster in the history of this country, and we're not willing to send down medical teams to check out. First off, the people that live in the area, and secondly, the workers that were out there. Uh, whether it's local fishermen or people that came down from Oklahoma to work in this bill, I think the federal government has a fiduciary duty to make sure uh, and monitor these uh, their, their health. Because, you know, if, if there has been damage to their liver, their kidneys, these people not only need the health care, but they need to know they need to change their lifestyle uh, as they go forward in life if they're going to live out a decent life. But but to just sweep it under the rug and say, well, if we don't test, nobody can 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 prove that it was caused by the oil or the disbursements, is is not the right thing to do. The state recently approved a twelve million dollar funding. How best do you think that that can be used? And I'm not in any way fiscally qualified to talk to that, but it seems an extremely low amount of money. But are you going to be recipient of any of that state funding? Well, our parish will be. And and what it was, I think, was a bold move by the governor, and we applaud him for doing that. Uh, In fiscally tough times, um, you know, uh, to step out and say we're all going to put some spat oysters out there so we can get our oyster industry back, and we are going to go out and stabilize the worst shorelines that are getting torn up by this wave action every day uh, because BP has been promising to give us that money to stabilize the shoreline, to, to start growing some fish in the event we see the population of the fish drop off, we will have small baby fish to release back in the wild. But none of this has taken place, and, uh, and much more money is needed to complete those projects. But we applaud the governor for stepping up and doing the right thing and uh, saying we're not going to wait for BP any longer. We've got to save our coast. We've got to get our fishermen back. And uh, it's a start. It's not nearly enough money, but uh, we understand that uh, we need to get these projects started, and it will help. Is there any clear definition of who is actually in charge of this, or is that still very vague? It's very vague. We don't, I don't have a clue. You know, I've been saying that from day one. I can't tell you who's in charge. Dr. Brian O'Leary, thank you so much for holding. This is a fairly awful situation, is it not? You have traveled through a similar situation in the Andes, and of course we know and recognize that it is getting worse down there. Any ideas, any advice or perspective that you can provide to Mr. Nangesa in this situation? Well, first of all, my heart goes out to you. It uh, I, I think that we, we need to look at the, the big situation, the fact that uh, uh, oil drilling is going on in increasingly sensitive places on the planet. That can only continue if we allow it to happen, and it needs to be prevented at the source, and which means a concerted public effort to, to develop clean alternative energy sources. But meanwhile, in your immediate situation, my best advice is to just hang in there. Uh, it could be a long haul, I'm sorry to say. It, it has been here in Ecuador. Amazon jungle, Texaco, Chevron went in there. 
and uh, in the 1970s and uh, violated all kinds of regulations in terms of uh, oil drilling and toxic waste and pipelines and so forth. And the total amount of uh, waste, toxic waste, uh, which included the oil and, and some other horrible chemical substances, was even, even greater than was released by BP in the Gulf. Uh, and it was an area about the size of the state of Rhode Island, so it was more concentrated. And so for the past 30 years, a group of 30,000 local indigenous people and campesinos um, sued Chevron Texaco uh, for $27 billion to clean up the mess. Uh, they just left, didn't clean up the mess. And right now, the place is a disaster area. There are several estimates as to the number of people that have actually died, uh, mostly of cancer, some of, sometimes years later. So this lawsuit was um, an extremely important milestone. Um, the judge made a judgment against Chevron Texaco for $9.3 billion, which is not nearly enough to clean up the mess. Uh, and so the court is go the, it's going into appeal. But meanwhile, Chevron Texaco simply says, well, you can't prove these cancer cases, so uh, we're just going to go on and do business as we've always done. And by the way, we, we, we won't, uh, this is not even in our jurisdiction, so we, we probably won't do anything anyway. So this is the kind of Goliath uh, that we're all up against in this situation. And my, my only uh, suggestion here is to keep up the good fight, uh, to uh, uh, absolutely hold their feet to the fire. And uh, meanwhile, to uh, join up uh, and end our, our addiction to oil worldwide. It, it, it just has, has totally messed up our planet environmentally beyond any reasonable uh, uh, standard. It, 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 it's not only the drilling of the oil, it's the end use of it and the uh, burning of it uh, that goes into the atmosphere and creates pollution, global warming and the acidification of the oceans and so forth and so on. So it's a big, big task. We need to come together now and come up with uh, clean energy, and I truly believe we can do that. Mr. Nunger, so w with all that said, it must be dreadfully difficult because the people have always relied upon the oil drilling rigs for employment. It's a double-edged sword, is it not? It is, and let me tell you this. I, I was in the oil field. I built living quarters out of old shipping containers, recycled old shipping containers that actually I sold out and retired before I ran for parish president. And since I've been parish president, uh, Plaquemines Parish gets 50% of their budget from oil and gas. But, but I'm an environmentalist uh, at heart. And I'm a realist. I started working on, we have one of two Category 7 winds in the United States, and that's off the Southwest Pass. We've been working with a company to develop a, the largest wind farm that would actually power not only all of Plaquemines Parish, but we would be able to sell 50% of it to the city of New Orleans. And we are in negotiation with Entergy, and after meeting with President Obama on several occasions during this bill, his vision for clean energy, we believe that there's going to be some more incentives put in place that is finally going to make the oil companies and the energy companies have to step up the pace. And we're right on the forefront. 
We also have identified the three top spots in the Mississippi River for turbines to run power. We are working with one of the largest naval air stations in the country here in Belchase to have the first naval air station 100% powered by turbines in the Mississippi River, and we're currently jointly working with that military base to get Congress to fund this project. Um, we asked BP as a venture for what you've done to our parish, why wouldn't you put, you own a company called BP Solar, why wouldn't you put a facility here and give all the fishermen solar panels for their house to cut their energy consumption down and what a nice way of giving something back to the people that you've so horribly affected their life. And my goal, and I told President Obama this when I visited with him here in Plaquemines Parish, my goal is to one day be standing here saying Plaquemines Parish was number one in oil and gas and number one in seafood, where we now number one in green energy and make this community a model of how we can change direction and not just sit here and rely on the oil and gas that has funded this parish for the last 50 years. And uh, hopefully we've made great progress in that, and I look forward to continuing that progress because, you know, we have a window of opportunity here for the next year or two that if we make those fundamental changes, uh, I think we can have an effect across the, the country in saying, well, look, if Plaquemines Parish did it and that was their bread and butter, uh, why can't we do it here? Brian O'Leary, your response to that, that, that is a very inspiring approach, uh, view to the future. How do you see that occurring in your neck of the woods in the Andes? Well, right now, most of the energy here comes from hydropower, which is a mixed bag because, the, I mean, the good news is that it is renewable. The bad news is that it dams up rivers that would otherwise uh, serve nature one heck of a lot better. There are alternatives out there, and uh, I, I, I have to really hand it to you that uh, to uh, push wind and solar for the time being anyway, just so we can get off oil. and. The, I think that if you look at the money, follow the money, and find out how much money BP is making from its oil operations versus what they could make, uh, let's say, on solar or wind, yeah, I think you'll, you'll find that they're going to make less money on solar and wind, and therefore uh, it's only PR rhetoric. Um, there was a, a time when BP used to be called Beyond Petroleum, and they were going to have a big solar program. Well, we don't hear much about that now, and it's just a drop in the bucket compared to the amount that they invest and spend on oil. And uh, I think the other thing that's going on now, probably more than ever, now that there's more and more oil drilling going on in more and more sensitive areas, such as uh, Deepwater Horizon and, and in the uh, Amazon region of Ecuador and Peru, uh, that, that you'll find that there are more and more of these incidents. And, uh, but people have not become sufficiently outraged. Uh, when they are outraged, it's only regional. And so, yes, the people immediately affected in the, in the area of the uh, horrible oil spills that uh, uh, Texaco had done back in the 1970s and uh, persist, that's, uh, that's not known generally in the rest of the world. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a combination of a public education program uh, I just soon see the oil companies just go. I just soon see 
people just refuse to drive their cars or to use oil. There has to be some concerted across-the-board effort, I think. But I, 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 in, the, in the meantime, something has to happen. And to, to go ahead with wind and solar, I think, is a wonderful short-term solution. The longer-term solution, though, is to research and develop uh, advanced energy sources that are truly clean. Uh, these are energy sources have been suppressed by the likes of the oil companies, by the federal government. I think when you really begin to connect the dots, you begin to find out that the consumption of oil uh, feeds the interest and the greed, just um, people at the top of the heap. And so the government kind of gives you lip service, but it's just, it's not enough. And yeah. we have to overcome the suppression, the suppression of uh, clean, truly clean alternative energy sources. And we need to get going on that right away as a crash program. U.S. federal government has been very remiss in those areas. And it's remiss simply because of the huge influence that the oil companies have on, um, especially on the U.S. government. So, you know, I see that these democratic um, expressions that are going on now um, all over the world, especially in the Middle East and in Wisconsin, could spread and people could demand and insist that we develop clean energy and develop it as soon as possible. Because if, if we look at the list of, of just horrendous problems that we've had as a result of burning oil and coal and natural gas in combination, which is uh, about 85% of the energy use in the United States and worldwide, is the fossil fuels and they're also running out anyway we're going into increasingly sensitive areas to drill and the end use of the stuff is creating incredible havoc in the atmosphere uh, hundreds of millions of people are dying for respiratory diseases the oceans are becoming acidified possibly killing off a lot of sea, sea life uh, in the oceans over the next 20-30 years and, of course, there's the, que the question of global warming and global climate change, which could just tip the balance entirely. We're really, I mean, we have to really get going here and, and come up with solutions and honest solutions to these problems. So I'm so glad that regionally you're, you're heading in that direction. And we're doing that here in Ecuador, too. Can I ask you, Mr. Nungesa, there is also great concerns, uh, clearly, being an Englishman, I stay very close to the news at the BBC, noticed yesterday that uh, BP executives have been awarded record bonuses. This is probably not something that would carry on down in the communication chain to locals, but this is a huge problem as well. Is that something that you consider and that perhaps people down there would start looking at that and really questioning why this money is not being brought down to communities like yourselves? Well, you know, it's disturbing on two counts. One is when when there's so many people still suffering and the wildlife and the loss of land and not knowing the short or long-term future of the fishing and, 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 and whether the reproduction will be there or not uh, for them to be taking large bonuses. And secondly, 
their lack of ability to respond and give people the authority on the ground to make quick decisions is a direct result of why we have so much oil and so many problems. Had they responded quickly and even helped out the local officials in their efforts to keep the oil out of the marsh and to to do certain things uh, that would have minimized the damage, uh, they could have helped and not hindered the process. And at every step of the way, their delay tactics, their ability not to make decisions, you know, I used to call it the Wizard of Oz behind a curtain somewhere because I still can't tell you who's in charge. I can't give you a name at BP or a name at the federal government or a name at the Coast Guard that is in charge. It's one person you can call and get a decision. We still play games here late this day on getting something approved that would help minimize the damage, repair the damage, and or help the people with the health care that they need uh, to get a, a, a good feeling about whether they've got damage uh, to their bodies and to their long-term health because of this bill. Mr. Nungo, so you're one of many parishes along the coastlines. Are there similar problems with the other parishes that you have? Absolutely. It's You know, we had, uh, by by the government standard, over 30% of the oil for the whole coast right here in Plaquemines Parish. Uh, We think it's north of 40% just by the areas of our our parish that have oil that are not recorded by the federal government or by BP. But Grand Isle, Lafitte, uh, St. Bernard, Lafouche, uh, absolutely. And, and keep in mind, people came to work here from all over the country. They're going home, and they're bringing those health issues back home that maybe they may never attribute to this spill. Uh, like you said, whether it's cancer, whether it's, it's, it's heart trouble, whether it's the nauseous and headaches, whether that's long-term effects or not, uh, it seems like our federal government would want to identify those problems so we could treat those problems and help those people have as, as, as uh, good a life as they can uh, with the circumstances. You know, there some people say, well, they came down there and went to work, but nobody went out there uh, knowing that it would have to shorten their life or cause them health problems long term. And, and, and they deserve to know what those effects are going to be. What do you see in the immediate future with the impact of changing to new sources of energy? Well, you know, uh, I think it's, and, and as you said, money drives everything, and uh, it's, it's sometimes unfortunate. But, but I think it's going to take legislational changes uh, in, in mandating that the percentages of green energy, uh, but, you know, in Washington, uh, by certain dates, whether, you know, a, a third has to be produced by green energy sources by a certain date, uh, whether it's incentives for those companies to do it or mandates, either or and maybe both, uh, are going to have to be done, uh, if, 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 uh, you're going to see things, uh, go that way. Um, obviously, in the short term, there's nothing other than the oil and gas that's gonna gonna uh, uh, get us get us you know where we're going right now. It's gonna take some fundamental changes uh, to do that.
how can you personally take action in this clearly dreadfully difficult if you do not know who is in charge and you're not getting any support either from the federal government or from BP corporate themselves how can you proceed to change things or do you feel that your hands are tied at this point well you know I, I hate lawsuits and I hate uh, that that mechanism, but here we're approaching the one-year anniversary of the spill, and I've asked for meetings with the top leadership at BP to hopefully uh, give them every opportunity to step up to the plate and do the right thing. It's all we've ever asked. We don't want any more, any less. We just want them to do the right thing. And here, coming into the one-year anniversary, uh, it doesn't appear they're going to do that. And uh, we'll just have to uh, to then the, the the last resort and the last opportunity we have is to take them to court and uh, and pull out all the stops, show the areas that we feel they were grossly negligent in handling the spill, uh, and the courts will decide where where and what those uh, those fines and and costs and what they should be responsible for. And um, hopefully we'll get the, the right judgment. And, um, and you know, we've tried to do it without going to court. But unfortunately, all we do is get lip service. Is there still a reliance upon the oil industry in your area? Or is there a general action that's been taken to do the best to ignore this industry at this stage? Well, I think, I think you know, it, it's, 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 it's been a part of the way of life here for so long that I don't see a change in, uh, in the near future. Uh, I think what, what we've done on the initiative in green energy, and if we can get, you know, a facility here that employs people and starts, uh, you know, uh, lessening the dependence on those jobs and those careers, uh, we'll make great headway in doing that. And I think the initiative we've taken with the Mississippi River, uh, with those, um, with that opportunity, as well as those Category 7 winds and solar, is a great beginning, especially for a local parish to step up and take the initiative to do. Uh, and I think that, you know, it shows that here's a company that has left, that has lived and breathed by the oil field and worked hand in hand with the uh, fishing industry has now stepped up the pace for green energy. What can the average person, not only in the United States, but also worldwide, do to help this parish and many areas, including those that have been so badly affected in the Andes where Dr. Brian O'Leary resides, do at this stage? How can they help? Well, you know, as you saw in some of the areas of the country and, and the world, uh, the Facebook and Internet has changed the way people communicate. And we just had a little girl walk down the Plaquemines Parish from uh, Iowa. She walked to show how many plastic bottles are, are, are going up all over the world on beaches and waterways and the amount of petroleum that's used to make these bottles. And I didn't realize how much. Well, initiatives like that uh, and the amount of petroleum that's used to make the plastic 
that uh, is ending up all over the size of the island of plastic bottles that's floating around out in the ocean. Uh, this trash and garbage community. But this one girl has made a difference in identifying that as her driving force to minimize and try to get municipalities and people back to not only recycling, but not using the plastic that's so easily discarded uh, and and and, uh, and polluting the whole world. You know, when, when, when she brought this to our attention here in Plaquemines, it brought me back to when I visit some of the Caribbean islands, and it's beautiful water, but there's mounds of plastic bottles all over the beaches, and, 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 and knowing that problem spreads all over the world. But it starts with the initiative of people bringing those problems out and then having people start to change their purchasing habits and demands, even to local municipalities. Of, uh, of changing some of the amounts of that stuff they allow in their areas. Dr. Brian O'Leary, there seems to be a larger picture here that we could get people worldwide to look not only at Plaquemines Parish, but also the communities in your area and, of course, around the world. What do we need to do? Because surely we are approaching a time that there is a lot of chaos in the world. And I suspect that the shape of America changed after this disaster. It changed the makeup, changed the culture, possibly to the extent that it may not ever return back to its core values. But how do you think that people worldwide should now take affirmative action to stop the oil, stop the use of oil, and find other means of energy so that parishes like Mr. Nangesses can immediately get the support to change their energy source? Well, yes, David. The first, uh, the first step is education. In other words, because of the huge amount of money, and it's, it's a staggering amount of money that the oil companies possess, uh, uh, their assets are trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. It's beyond uh, some of our wildest imagination. And the, that kind of power uh, has been consolidating ever more ever since the 1980s, and uh, most recently when Wall Street uh, kind of took over everything from Main Street in the U.S. And so it, it, the educational effort is, is absolutely necessary for people to understand honestly what is possible in the future. Uh, Buckminster Fuller one time said that the only revolution there is is a revolution by design. And so you're right, although people going out in the streets, that's a sign that people don't like what's going on, but we also need to design a future that's truly sustainable. And that is, uh, seems like a tall order, but it isn't really. But um, seems like a tall order until you begin to analyze, for example, some of the more advanced alternative energy possibilities, uh, the so-called zero-point energy or uh, energy that can come from water. People have run their cars on water. Uh, using various techniques, various chemistries, which, uh, which provide uh, a tremendous uh, uh, possibility for the future. Uh, unfortunately, all of these alternatives since the time of Nikola Tesla 100 years ago have been suppressed. Well, they've been suppressed because the powers that be don't want it. There really is a conspiracy of sorts going on. And I think uh, if people look at these 
facts for what they are and the fact that that we have depended on oil especially oil but also coal and uh, going in, into Alberta to, for the tar sands what's happening is that if we can keep going the way we're going and if the demand for oil keeps going up and the supply keeps going down we're going to find ourselves having more and more and more of these deep water horizon events so in a way the question uh, might be is what is it going to take for people to awaken well those of you in the Gulf Coast have awakened and uh, some of us here have awakened too now we need to to really educate people about the true possibilities always keeping our eye on the ball that the the end goal here is a sustainable future for humankind and we are so far off of that right now so far away uh, even the fact that that uh, the US particularly is going to war for oil in the Middle East uh, oil is the key to that uh, oil is the key to many many things that are happening whether it's bottles that are being washed up on shore or whether it's the acidification of the oceans whether it's pipeline ruptures or whether it's obscene profits and bonuses for the CEOs of these companies this has got to stop it's got to change this is I believe where I'm heading with this Mr. Nungesser that Plaquemines Parish could indeed now lead the way in creating community through these other sources of energy in perhaps focusing on Plaquemines Parish as being a place where things can change immediately what are your thoughts around that Absolutely. You know, we've got the, we've definitely got the, uh, the world's attention. We've gotten the, the, uh, ability and we've gotten, um, the ear, hopefully still of the president and of, uh, members of Congress. So on all fronts, on the local level, on the state and on the federal level, uh, we need to seize that opportunity to, uh, on all fronts. And uh, I'm committed to uh, to the efforts here in Plaquemines and uh, doing what it takes. You know, I think as people step up to the plate and we continue to get support from around the world, um, our efforts could grow as uh, as they've done many places. Could I just ask you, there is a great concern, and Dr. Brian O'Leary has talked about this problem, particularly in Ecuador, of the sludge that is created. I understand in your area, Mr. Nangesa, that there are stumps where there is huge masses of oil, particularly the Indian dumping grounds. And of course, it appears also that Humor Indians are in trouble. How can that be taken care of at this stage? Or is that a problem that is affecting your parish? Well, the, the, I'm not familiar with the Indian dumping ground that you're talking about unless it's the dump that was originally they were taking some of the oil deposits uh and it was later stopped uh it, it may be the one you're talking about maybe out of the new orleans area and i'm not real familiar with that one of the things that we were concerned with because a lot of the oil and the oily substance in the loom that was picked up uh there wasn't any any at least no documentation provided to the parish on where that material was going and uh, i don't i know there were several groups down here that we were trying to help them uh, learn more about where it was going and we were never provided that information 
Dr. Brian O'Leary, in your area, we have talked about these dumps for oil. This is where it does become dangerous because, of course, it's seeping into the soil and into the ground. Is that a great concern? Absolutely, David. Um, what's been going on here, and, and now we have 30 years of history to go back on, is that uh, Texaco was supposed to line their waste pits. Uh, even that's not so good. But they threw all this toxic sludge into these huge waste pits, but they were not lined with anything. So it seeped into the ground and into the ground water. It's believed that, that thousands of people um, died because of the, the water supply being so polluted with the oil and the toxic waste. Uh, and it even got into the Amazon River system. So that's, that's a real concern. And another one um, is, is just the fact that when you start new oil drilling areas, you, you build roads into there. And just the fact you build roads causes deforestation, both legal and illegal. So the deforestation rate in the Ecuadorian Amazon and the Peruvian Amazon is now up to about 3% per year, which means in about 20 years, half of the western Amazon region will be gone. Uh, these are the lungs of the earth. And likewise, I'd say in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, as, as they go to deeper and deeper areas, it, it can be a real problem. Mr. Nungesser, as we close towards the end of the program swiftly now, uh, the most important thing, of course, is the health care and the welfare of the people in your region. Are we playing a dangerous game here because of the unknown statistics, the inaccurate data or unqualified data as to what the precise effects are? We certainly know through prior programs that there are many people ill. How can we take care of that in the longer term, especially in your area? Well, I've asked for the President of the United States to come back and either visit here before the uh, the anniversary and or for us to go to Washington and meet with him again, us meaning the local leaders from across the coast. Uh, every time the president has come down here, uh, we've seen results. He got us the jack of boats approved. He also got us the uh, berms built, which gave us that line of protection in the event of a hurricane. And I think it's uh, uh, everything else has fallen on death, deaf ears. So uh, I truly believe we need to, to and, and the local uh, elected officials have asked him to come meet with us. And uh, I think it's going to take that kind of action uh, direct from the White House to say we're not going to stand for this. We want to see these people. We want some answers. We want to know what's going to happen in the long term and the short term. And uh, we want to give these people a comfort level that we're shooting them straight and we're doing the right thing. And anything short of that uh, is, is, is I don't think we're going to get, get the answers. Because here we are a year later and we're still fighting for the same uh, thing, asking BP to do the right thing. Are you yourself personally concerned or have questions over the illnesses that people have? Uh, they are growing. Uh, have you given any thought to that personally as to whether this could be a directly connected? Absolutely. Listen, I've had some of the ladies bring me water samples that I personally paid for to send off to get to check uh, rainwater samples because we were fearful that the rain, the evaporation out of the 
out of the areas where this disbursements and all is, would carry it far inland and drop it into the backyard where children were playing. So it, 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 it affects me on a daily basis of juggling all these things that I have no control over and no funding available to me to do the right thing. So uh, it's it, the mental and the uh, physical uh, wear and tear it puts on you, knowing that so much more needs to be done, uh, frustrates me every day. So uh, uh, it's 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 you know it's we're we're not asking for anything that isn't the right thing, and uh, I believe. Uh, history will prove that had BP done the right thing and stepped up to the plate and funded the programs and the things that needed to be done from the forefront, uh, it would have cost them a lot less money uh, than it's going to cost them in the long run. And it's unfortunate you don't have the compassionate, uh, honest, do-the-right-thing type people making the decisions at BP, uh, or we wouldn't have to have this conversation. If there was a general consensus in your area, Mr. Nungesa, as to the rediversion of bonuses made out to BP executives at this point, what do you think it would be? Do you think that they would adamantly say, yes, they should be deferred or at least taken out of the BP system and sent down to areas like yourselves? Well, I think if, if they would have done the right thing and had the right mindset from the forefront, uh, they would have would have put that money aside for any number of charities or anything to do to, to help out with this, uh, this terrible disaster. And uh, we know that from their actions from the very beginning, from Tony Haywood wanting his life back, to them telling people the oil's not going to come ashore, to them telling people the disbursement's not going to hurt anybody. Their arrogance and denial from day one only mirrors what's happening here. Uh, and, uh, you know, the way they've acted from the very beginning, I wouldn't expect anything less. So uh, anything short of a miracle of them uh, waking up and realizing uh, they need to do the right thing, I don't think you're going to see anything change. Dr. Brian O'Leary, as we close the program now, your final thought for Mr. Nungesser. Well, I just, uh, I, I just want to just all the more power to you. You're doing exactly the right things. I'd do it if I were you. Uh, and to also understand that uh, the situation here in Ecuador, there, there are a couple of excellent films out uh, that are worth seeing. One is called Crude, which is all about the Chevron Texaco lawsuit here, which is maybe a good example of the kind of thing that could be done further downstream. Uh, the bad news about uh, some of what's happening here is that many of the illnesses are, are quite delayed. Uh, years to decades, and so that that's a big problem. Uh, the other uh, film that's coming out pretty soon is called Yasuni, which is the most biodiverse national park in the world, uh, and that is being threatened now by oil drilling. And we're going to see more and more of these cases. The Arctic uh, is it's another place, very sensitive ecosystem, uh, and now they're talking about uh, drilling up there. Uh, this, I think, is insanity, and we need to now awaken and come up with substantial, sustainable solutions. 
Mr. Nungesa, finally, pretty sure that those powers to be are certainly listening in Capitol Hill and elsewhere. What would be your final request to them today on behalf of the thousands of people you look after that, that you host in that beautiful area? That we just don't forget. We don't forget what happened nearly a year ago. And although it's very difficult for me because I want people to come back to our area and fish and eat the seafood, uh, that, that we, we now are, are tasked with promoting. But on the other hand, to let them know this disaster is not over. The marshes are not cleaned up. We're still losing wildlife. We're still losing land at an accelerated rate and that we can't forget. You know, we forget after these tragedies year after year after year and we go back to doing the same thing and, and we, we forget and we, we're not we don't make the, the changes need to be made. So uh, as we continue to fight worlds apart on different areas, uh, we need to stay united and keep this in the forefront and, uh, and keep fighting. So uh, my hat's off to y'all as well in your efforts, and we're just going to continue to fight. We're not going to go away. We're not going to shut up. So they're going to have to deal with us. President Nungesser of Plaquemines Parish and Dr. Brian O'Leary in Ecuador today, I thank you both so much and I hope that through this program we have set up a community so that you gentlemen can work together in the future to find these profound new sources of energy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, David. And to our listeners today, uh, you can look at our official website, davidgibbons.org, to find information on Plaquemines Parish and President Nungesser, and also on Dr. Brian O'Leary in Ecuador. We have uh, plenty of information, and your comments and support for both of these areas would be surely appreciated. Meanwhile, wherever you are in this world, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. David Gibbons in discussion welcomes listeners' comments and viewpoints at its blog at davidgibbons.org. This programming is supported by organizations and firms in the private and public sectors. In Discussion with David Gibbons is sponsored in part by Bowman Global Change. Specializing in helping companies reduce their carbon emissions, Bowman Global Change applies real science to real business practices to produce results. From designing green programs to one-on-one training to helping set up green action teams in your business, Bowman Global Change translates complex science in practical ways that everyone can understand and use. For more information or to discover how Bowman Global Change can help your organization, visit bowmanglobalchange.com. Come.